Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Consciouspreneur. Um, I have my partner here, Monica Edwards. Monica, we want to say hello. Hello, Consciouspreneur people. Welcome. I'm excited for today. This is very special, Mary. Yes, this is great. And we have a special guest, Jeff Adler, with us. Jeff, will you say hello? Hi, everyone. It's so great to be here. And thanks for the invitation, Mary and Monica. I'm definitely looking forward to transforming my life and others today. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, what's what's really special for us about this particular issue is that the three of us created our, our own little personal mastermind about three years ago. And this is a conversation that I know personally, I when we have to miss or if I have to miss a call, it, it, um, it is very much missed. And uh, so from my perspective, what I bring to these two uh, partners here is I bring my challenges, um, whether it's me and my business, how am I standing in my own way? How am I standing in my own way in my relationships? Uh, how am I um, addressing the, the needs that my clients have? And um, so today, what we wanted to be able to offer you is an opportunity to kind of take a peek into how we would approach some of those common challenges that we've seen over and over again in our clients. You know, in this space of coaching, uh, it's not like we can just do a, a role model for you because the, this is very personal space. But we think that by talking about these common challenges that we our clients face, you'll get a feel for for how these challenges can be approached. Maybe they work for you, maybe they don't, but it'll give you at least another perspective. Um, So I'm thankful for Jeff and for Monica for being here. Monica, would you just say a few words too about kind of this conversation and what this means to you? So I agree with you, Mary, the the, uh, meeting that we have every week, it is so difficult to see our own stuff Um, right? But to have a safe, sacred space that the three of us create, and we create that with our clients as well. But knowing that on Mondays, I come to our meetings, and if my poop stinks, these two are going to know it, right? There's no hiding here, (laughs) right? They can feel my energy, and I can't tell you how many times Jeff is really, really good with energy as well. He's like, so what's going on? Right. And, and who knows, it may be tear, tears, it may be overwhelm. Um, who knows what's going on, but to have a safe space that we provide for our clients and to have it with you two is just, is something that I've got so much gratitude for. Um, and I know that you guys are going to level me up and work me through any of my stuff and call me on my BS, right? There's no hiding. And, and so we're hoping that through today, through the examples we give, nobody's free from all of this. We're humans, right? right? Um, and in the way I describe things, the the bricks in the backpack is that you know we're we're born you know perfect, and then life happens to us. People say things, they we experience things, and it and it shapes the filters through which we see the world. We call it our programming, um, and to be able to work through that. Um, I think we're going to have a big impact on people today. 
Agreed. Absolutely. Jeff, let's hear from you. I'd love the audience to know a little bit more about you before we dive in here. Oh, great. Well, and again, thank you for this invitation. It is also my favorite part of the week. We set apart uh, aside an hour to just, like the ladies have been explaining, just uh, check in. Uh, I guess the importance for me is to go into phone calls during the week um, empty. Uh, so if I'm if uh, if I have my backpack filled with bricks, similar to what the analogy that uh, Monica's using, or if I have any baggage is another word for it, I know that my head isn't clear for the clients. So this this uh, hour long uh, meeting that we have, mastermind, is certainly freeing, liberating, and really quite beautiful. Um, and then I connect. Um, so I've been connecting with you know in this realm for 30 plus years, I, um, I've been coaching, uh, in, I guess business is my specialty, um, all different kinds of businesses, even all over the world, rainmakers or business owners that are looking to transform their environment and looking to grow a team or their individuals, as well as family. I I think today we might be able to speak about balance and life a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would be um, my specialty as well. How do we have a extremely busy, hectic life and be able to shut that down and be present? Um, So one of the methods I'm even using with ladies now is connecting a green ribbon, uh, a ribbon of love from my heart to their hearts Uh, even um electronically it works really well like now um to picture a green ribbon which is the ribbon of love and to keep me present i connect my heart with your hearts um and anytime i see that ribbon disappear i know i'm in my head so i really want to stay out of my head and in my heart and uh, just be present and ask questions around my client's life. And it's a miraculous, beautiful process to just see the transformation go on. So it's beautiful. That is so powerful. And so not only with clients, but can you imagine for our listeners, if you did that to your loved ones, with your children, your parents, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and your clients, no matter where you're at. So you're just solidly focused on them and 100% present and not in your head. Wow. And Monica, what about if it's not just your loved ones? What about if it was someone you're in an argument with or yes. having some friction with or a family member or a co-worker that you may have disagreements with? Are we going to be there and like use the word before program that we program to be angry and upset and hang on to that, or we're going to let that go and then share that, you know, love what's possible between us. And of course, if that love is impossible to feel, that's why people reach out to coaches and look within themselves, you know, why can't I feel love towards this person, that person? I call it stingy love. Like, are we here to love people or are we just going to be, Stingy. Pick and choose, right? (laughs) I'm going to love them, but not them. (laughs) And I have to give you kudos, Jeff. So this is bringing up something that Jeff and Mary both walked me through. Having a real struggle, and I won't go into details, but with a family member that I was just so hurt by. And, and And both of them coached me through it. And there's one question that stuck up 
uh, in my mind that that changed my entire life and the way I saw it. And I think Jeff was the one that asked it. Um, how do you want to show up, Monica? What would happen if you showed up with love? No matter what, no matter how they made you feel, no matter what, what a game changer. What a game changer. And miraculously, when I stopped showing up all hurt, right, <laughs> and just showing up with love, it, the relationship started transforming. Amazing. It's amazing, right? Ah. When you change, everything else changes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, that's a fact. Right. It is a fact. And, and and I think it's one of those things that I just, I never wanted to buy into that. Because if I bought into that, that if I changed, then everything else would change, then um, that puts the responsibility on me. And, and at that point, I was still looking for other people outside of me to change. Yes, to point the finger at. Yeah, <laughs> people change and make me happy, right? That being said, it's also taking that responsibility. This is who I choose to be, and I and nothing outside of me is going to pull me away from who I choose to be. Um, that is the game changer. But I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, right? We're getting we to are. the end game. <laughs> and we we want to we want to bring the audience along with us. So, you know, I, I think first of all, I want to point out that as coaches, we also need coaches to keep our head space clear, as Jeff had said. Um, and as Monica is sharing too, and, and, and I've also have brought plenty of relational kinds of, of questions and challenges to this group. So even though we're coaching in a business um, arena, we know that life it doesn't uh, get compartmentalized. It's over here and our business is over here. We know that to be the business owners we want and to have that business make the impact that we want it to make on the world, we've got to be clear. We've got to be uh, clear and aligned with that purpose. And anything that gets in the way of that is going to show up in our business. Yes. Congruent is what I call it, right? Great. Yes. Being Absolutely. Absolutely. With our values. I would call it integrating too. Like I use the word integrating because a lot of time I know, thank you for the energy compliment earlier, but many times as uh, you and our listeners would be aware of the, where we put our attention, energy flows. It's sort of like all of a sudden we're, we're putting attention onto X, Y, or Z. And all of a sudden that's becoming expanded. So the same thing kind of here, if we're going to, I use the word often integration. So similar to the subjects we're covering so far, if we start to integrate these old behaviors, start to uh, incorporate them into our lives rather than force them away, I'm not going to love them, I'm not going to do this, I'm not, uh, anytime that we're going to say should, could, would, not going to, all that energy is just forcing that to just to expand even further versus integration of all that acceptance of it all doesn't mean we ever have to condone anything but we can accept and then move forward powerfully which is a sort of what i'm hearing now yeah, yeah. there's a saying what you resist persists right and boy isn't that true <laughs> Right. It is. And I, again, I think it's one of those things that while it makes sense in our head, I don't know that our heart always understands uh, or is willing to give up the resistance, right? Because the the heart's if there is resistance, that means there's some program that said, I, I need this to be different, right? 
And yeah. in order for me to be happy, something outside of me needs to be different. And so I need to force that change. And in our conversations today, what we want to model is how we a- approach some common challenges that, that we hear in our, co- our clients, uh, maybe challenges we faced ourselves as well. Um, and so that you as a listener kind of get an idea about how maybe the three of us might approach that conversation differently, uh, what the commonalities between our conversations might be, uh, and then ultimately the desired outcome that we want to get our clients to. So are we ready to start with our first question? Let's get it. <laughs> all right. One of the questions that, that I know that we've all either addressed ourselves personally and or have had clients um, bring to us is that whole conversation about comparing myself to others. Now, this is, so the way that this sometimes shows up, and I'm just going to set it up as the way I see it show up, and Monica and Jeff, you see it showing up differently. You're going to have space to to describe that. But I remember specifically hearing from a client um, talking about convention time was coming up, and um, that was the last place that she ever wanted to be was to go to a uh, convention because what that meant to her was that she was going to be around a whole bunch of other people who may have been in the business shorter time than she was, um, maybe has a bigger team than she does doing more than she does. It was this whole idea of, I don't want to, I, I feel like I'm always comparing myself to other people. Um, so let's talk a little bit about a, what was the story? If you've had a client who brought that, what is their story? And then B, what were some of the things that you did to help that client move from comparison and then move into what? Who would like to go first? Go ahead, Monica. I was going to say, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> it's so power packed. There's so many different ways that we can look at that. Um, and I want to bring up that comparison is a beast. Yes. Right. And, and I'm not quite sure where I would start because I'm not right in it at the moment, but several things come up, up for me. So where did the, the comparison story start, mm-hmm. right? Where in your childhood did it start, right? And then what are the limiting beliefs behind it? So when we start comparing ourselves to others um, and we look at our childhood, you know, were we competing with our brothers and sisters? Were we competing with our best friend? Right. So where did the story come from? And rewinding that story and releasing whatever it is that causes you to compare is one route. Right. Um, another route is, you know, when, once you've released those things is what is the payoff for them to continue to compare each other? Um, and that can be it keeps them safe. They don't have to play big. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I'm going to compare myself, that means I'm not going to even go to the convention. I don't have to play big. Right. So there could be payoffs for that. you know. And then um, two other things that come to mind is reframing for them. What if you were to think of all of the possibilities of what could happen in this convention? One possibility is that you could feel bad about yourself. Absolutely. If that's what you focus on, we know what you focus on expands. You're driving a car and you're like, don't hit the curb, don't hit the curb. Guess what? You're hitting the curb. <laughs> because that's what you jump right out and get you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll jump in the, in the road, right? So, and that is a possibility. You could hit curbs left and right. I'm I'm a shorty. I, I hit some curbs. <laughs> I probably need a higher profile vehicle. My poor wheels. 
And so what's another possibility? What else is possible? I love to live in opportunities and possibilities. And if we get to create our future and choose what we're going to focus on, because we know what we focus on expands, what else is possible? Could it be that you could meet someone who could be a game changer in your life? Could it be that somebody needs to be poured into and you just say by being there and being in the way for good things to happen, you could change the course of their life? right? Could it be that you figure out this one product or one method or one system, or you learn something that could be a game changer for you, your family, your friends, your clients? What is possible? Let's focus on that. Um, And the other thing I always tell people, you guys, is what other people think of you is not your business. And, And, you know, and it's true, but it's a beast. And we know because we've been through some fires together, right? The judgment is a beast, right? And when we feel judged and how do we let that go? Um, and with that, um, with the reframing and letting it go of whatever doesn't serve us would also be looking at how unique you are. You were created uniquely. There is nobody like Jeff. There is nobody like Mary. Um, and when you dig down into that, there is no one that has the same gifts, Jeff, that you do right? And you and Mary both have tons of gifts. They're not the same gifts. They're not the same as mine. And there's nobody on this planet that has all those same gifts that you do. And then you look at the passions that have been put on your heart. No one else has all those same passions. When you combine those, that's your purpose, right? That's your why. And I'm starting to go down a rabbit hole and I'll stop myself. But with that, why would we compare ourselves to somebody who's got totally different gifts and passions when that's not for you? Right. Right? You gotta find your own path. Love that. Yeah, brilliant. That was great, Monica. I a little bit different take for comparing. I find I, I like to go to a root cause often with clients and it's a matter usually of look wanting to look good. And then the other side of the coin is always gonna be avoid looking bad. Many clients, it's the first time they're even hearing that. But a lot of the actions and comparing to others or do I do X, Y, or Z as well as them, they, you know, she, he, whoever. Um, so it's a matter of having them feel better about themselves and having them look good in circumstances uh, instead of looking bad in, in the processing um, realm. And that, again, all goes back to, you know, different childhood things that we would work out um, usually boils down in nine out of 10 um, clients, uh, Mary and Monica, I find that it goes down to worthiness. So the idea of um, looking good, comparisons, avoid looking bad has to question our uh, worthiness coming out of childhood. So to work with clients presently with that is just really to keep them present and you know, moving forward with action. So there's three different ways to in in uh, with clients that I work with to bring about change. It would be that needs to be knowledge. Does the client actually know what has to happen in order for them to change? There has to be activities. So we have to lay out activities that and simple steps for them to follow. And then what's often forgot about is the accountability. Um, to be accountable to someone, uh, in this case, a coach, that they are actually taking the instance, uh, the actions that are going to make them successful. So let's use the example of 
even phone calling, no matter if it's a realtor or insurance sales or landscape sales or restaurant sales, it could be anything, they're going to have required amount of phone calls to make during the day. So first it would be scripting and looking at scripts, et cetera, that they have, quote, knowledgeable. Second, that it's on their calendar. And all these steps open up other avenues for us to be able to coach in because we're the three of us are specifically um experienced and talented in all different kinds of businesses but let's say uh realtors wanting to make phone calls are they scripted in the, the type of phone calls that they're going to be making and then is it on their calendars and time blocked so if not and they're not the next question here ladies too is uh, do they respect their client uh their calendars mm-hmm. so are they actually following their schedule if not it has there's another um avenue to go down and coach around that and then the last part is the accountability if they're, they're texting at the end of a session or end of the day whatever their success was or uh posting of their numbers etc that unlocks that's often forgot about like i had mentioned but it's unlocks the subconscious to some new behaviors and then sets up the uh, new sense of worthiness um, for having a couple of weeks. It goes three, four, five weeks before it starts to sink in that these behaviors become more routine. And when we've done um, brain scans, x-rays, that kind of thing, they actually see that it does change, the patterns change in the um, in the brain. They, elasticity within the uh, brain wiring actually change and lights up different areas for these new behaviors. So the accountability unlocks that subconscious in order to have new successes. So yeah, a great topic. Um, Yeah, comparing. I love that, Jeff. And the neuroplasticity of the brain, um, everything can be rewired because of the neuroplasticity. What you said, those success habits will start to rewire it and, you know, for prosperity and worthiness and all those other things. Yes. And I like what you said as well, because awareness is key. If we're not even aware that we don't want to go to the convention, right? <laughs> that because we're comparing ourselves with others, that's step one. What are your thoughts, Mary? I love this conversation because I think it it really highlights um, what you are both talking about in terms of looking under the hood at our unconscious minds, right? You know, our head can tell us, well, that's absolutely ridiculous. Why do I compare myself to people? Like, I know that I'm different, right? We can tell ourselves that. And yet our heart is telling us a different story. Um, and so what we, and what, what we specialize in is helping people get to that heart part of the story. Mm. Um, because, uh, just consciously knowing something doesn't change our experience. It doesn't change our behaviors. So when I hear somebody say, talk or describe in some way that they're comparing themselves to one another, the first thing that I'm thinking, I, I, I kind of sort topics into I see life is happening for me or I see life is happening to me. And so when I hear that I'm comparing myself to others, to me, that's a defense mechanism because I either see myself as better than others or I see myself as worse than others. I mean, really, that, that's the whole point of comparing, right? Is right. how am I different? And I'm either different better or different worse. And I think that we lose in both of those cases. 
Um, because again, what that represents is, is just defending who I think I am. So what I tend to find when I dig under this question a lot is that the client doesn't really know who they are. Right there, there's not a an anchor of in. There's not that inner anchor that says, "This is who I am. These are my values. This is who I want to be." Kind of going, Monica, to your story about your um, relationship with your family member. Who did you want to be in that relationship? And and knowing that, defining who that is, and then as Jeff was saying, in terms of behaviors, choosing those behaviors that continuously um, reinforce that version of ourselves, because. Because we, you know, if I see that the world is happening to me, that's that defensive position. And so now I'm going to operate from all of these stories that I have to defend myself against. In some ways, I have to defend myself. We have to put up barriers against something coming at me. But it also means that in defending myself, there I can have a good offense, right? And a good offense is putting myself above other people, right? I can make other people wrong and to make myself look better. <laughs> None of those feel good. And I think that the clients that we work with know that that doesn't feel good, yeah. right? Where, you know, a, a coach that is just coaching from the, the brain and not from the heart, right? not from the unconscious, is just going to say, get over it, right? Going, your mind knows that that's ridiculous to compare yourself to others. Just get over it. Don't do that anymore and do something else. But that doesn't change the unconscious programs, the unconscious patterns. It can kick it down the road for a while. Maybe I can show up and fake it until I make it in this particular convention or this experience, whatever that is. But the next time I'm going to have to compare myself or feel like in, in, uh, drawn to compare myself, um, I'm, I'm going to be facing the same thing. So I think all of us really want to help get to that under that that unconscious program that that core belief that says, "A, I don't know who I am," or "I know who I am. I just haven't really fully embraced that part of of who I am because other people are saying that's not who I should be, or you know, being who I am somehow um, can violate some uh, family or or uh, in." our circle, you know, right within our circle, those aren't the rules that, that we originally negotiated with them. So uh, it can be a challenge sometimes to really own who we are. But once you own who you are, you can show up anywhere and it doesn't matter at all what anyone else is doing. It just doesn't matter at all what anyone else is thinking about you because you know who you are. And, and you can see then those opportunities and those possibilities that Monica was talking about when you show up, when you show up knowing who you are and what problem you help people solve. And as Jeff was saying, we clear our heads, get out of our own way. When we're in that space, now we see people who have the needs that, that we have the solution to. Now it's an authentic connection. It's yeah. not a, I'm, I'm forcing, it's not a sales call, it's an authentic connection. So when I'm working with clients on comparisons, I really want them to figure out who they are so that they can show up and um, be who they are in any uh, capacity. Yeah, brilliant. And Mary, in the, when, we're, when the comparing is lessened, that would bring on a sense of peace. I know something else we were going to bring in today is peace. So talk to us for a minute about bringing in peace and balance once we limit the comparing. Fantastic. And, I, and before we go there, I think there is one, one more bit that I want to say about comparing. Um, because A, I think it's always going to happen. Our brains are comparing machines because we're always looking for, and, and our brains are, are negatively biased, right? We're looking for threats. 
And so this is a natural system. Nobody's doing this on purpose. You're not broken if, if this is how you're showing up. This is the system, the behavior system we have to work with. So one other thing about comparison, since we're going to be doing it anyway, um, one of the things that I like to remind myself and my clients about is by comparing myself, when I'm looking at what are other people doing that I'm not doing or achieving that I'm not re- achieving, what are, what are those results? I don't have to look at that as, oh my gosh, they're doing this and I'm not. All I have to do is they're, they're doing this or they're achieving this. That can be possible for me too. Right. And I don't know the whole story, but I'm sure you've all heard the the story about, you know, the four minute mile. Nobody thought that that could be broke. And then as soon as one person broke the four minute mile, then people were just popping off four minute miles all over the place. Right. So I think that we can use comparisons to our advantage when we say, oh, my gosh, they're doing this amazing thing. If it's possible for them, it's possible for me. Hmm. That's a great perspective, Mary. Great perspective. And what you said, and this will lead into the peace and balance, choosing who you want to be. Once you've done that and you figure out what is important to you, you mentioned values, right? right. What is important to you about your career and values elicitation? What's important to you about your life? Um, then you can help set good, healthy boundaries so that you have peace and balance because you're showing up, you decided who you are and you're showing up congruently with that. And I think that leads us to the peace and balance conversation. Right. I mean, the whole, again, the, the, the two ways that we can look at the world is happening to me or if it's happening for me, Yeah. if it's happening for me, I, it doesn't matter really what's happening outside of me. I can still be who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's to me where peace and balance comes from. Because if I'm over on this other side and I'm still defending, either having to put up barriers or I have to put other people down so that I look better, that's exhausting because there's never any end to that. And I think that's what a lot of, um, conscious entrepreneurs push back against is is the whole idea of dominating and competition and and what we really who we really want to be is we want to stop this unnecessary use of energy and move into this peace and balance piece where we can we're flowing with with life we're we're not we're not trying to direct the stream we're going with the stream and as we were saying earlier when you know who you are in that stream you see opportunities all along the way. And then Amazing it's like, how going, life starts happening for you. It's been doing it the whole time, but your perspective changed. Exactly. So those are my two thoughts on um, peace and balance. Jeff, Jeff you're, you're an expert. Yes. Yeah, so I want to hear, I want to hear Jeff's perspective. Yeah. On this. Yeah, I, I, um, I love working with new clients uh, because it's interesting at the beginning when this subject comes up, because many, you know, people very any any success measure any monetary level people are always looking for peace and the beginning client is always looking outside for peace so they're looking for that next vacation because mm-hmm. i'll find peace on vacation i can't wait five o'clock i'm gonna go to the gym i'm gonna find peace at the gym i'm gonna find peace this weekend when i go for a bike or a run or uh, I hear spouses uh, that are taking care of children at home. I'm gonna when my when my partner gets home, I'll find peace because then uh, they're going to take the kids. I you know, and it takes a little while to realize that 
the peace really comes from the inside in my training in our world, right? So the core values that we've referred to a couple of day, a couple of times today of like peace or joy or happiness or love come from the inside. But yet the majority, which is why so many self-help books are sold, it's the number one category forever in, you know, Barnes and Noble or Amazon or anything like that. It's just the self-help book that we can, you know, the world that we could go out and read a book. We can go out and find it because it's almost easier than looking inside. So, of course, as coaches, you're fully aware of that. And once we go inside, we can sort of start looking for the peace. Um, and then balance starts with boundaries, uh, which was a subject that came up earlier today, too. But as far as peace, it is a matter of just finding our heart and soul. It's always and peace is something that has to be remembered. I say often peace is mm -hmm. something that's remembered or recalled, not something that's like found outside. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, meditation, uh, many of our clients are involved with some type of meditation to get a glimpse. I find sort of what we spoke about before, anything, the three, four, five weeks of trying to, um, we'll set up new um, pathways for the brain to experience. So if we look at a meditation practice um, uh, that starts out, that could be, challenging um unrewarding at the beginning but then a few weeks once the energies get behind all that and start to settle down with the new routine um the peace bubbles up from the the um heart and soul uh again rather than outside and that so then it could be supplemented by vacations by uh running or um you know, all those other things I mentioned before, that could supplement the piece, but it's not the driving factor for the piece. Um, so a, min a minute or two about meditation. Um, do you guys often hear that the, I, I can't meditate because I can't stop my thoughts? Right? <laughs> yes, that's what everyone says. <laughs> I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it starts, right? right. Notice the thoughts. What happens if the meditation was our thoughts? Like, it's okay to sit with our thoughts. And when I've trained with my different gurus, they said, well, if you didn't have thoughts, you'd probably be dead. Um, and the, incorporate the thoughts into the meditation. So just watch the thought come and then watch it go. You can't remember where that thought came from. You don't know where it went. So why do we put so much uh credence and understanding and want to examine these thoughts that are you know there's eighty thousand of them a day just let them come and go so of course we're going to sit in meditation looking for peace the thoughts are going to continue to happen and we can continue to choose i like the word choice here to just choose to let the thought go or not to follow it down the rabbit hole you guys were discussing earlier before uh about rabbit holes so so finding peace and getting the body used to what it's like to have maybe not 80,000 thoughts, maybe it goes to 70,000 thoughts a day. And so we're going to have 10 or 12% less thoughts a day, therefore having some kind of peace recognized during the day. And that leads to uh, then balance. I find ba uh, boundaries around um, introducing balance as boundaries, uh, which is a word that came up a few times today. Mm -hmm. But I often think clients at the beginning, everyone automatically thinks that there's some kind of on 
on-call like brain surgeon, right? That they have to be available for every single text immediately that comes through and every kind of phone call. And I would just question, and that's all self-prescribed um, because if you asked your clients, when do you expect to reach me? Oh, you know, between nine and five. Most people, when we do that kind of survey, that are obsessive about their schedule and I have to be answer text at 10 p.m., et cetera, when they do a survey like that, they're blown away that their clients have no expectations like that. It's all self-centered. So we go through different methods of why that's in, in place. And then we even break it down to the same as I was saying before, a new routine, a knowledge of something, and then taking those actions and then being accountable. So it could be just starting to shut the phone off, whatever is going to be agreeable for uh, 6 or 7 p.m. Um, and if then put if that's not working, clients will then uh, we work on putting that phone into a drawer or, you know, and then reporting back the next day that their left leg didn't fall off because they weren't asking, they weren't asking texts. No one died. No. <laughs> All right. Um, so those are my thoughts on uh, peace and balance. I would think balance is around boundaries and just finding, um, yeah, peace. But I would say the majority of clients are looking for peace, especially in the world now that uh, if we're glued to CNN and things like that, mm -hmm. that you're not going to find peace watching television. Or you can be more peaceful seeing the occasional headlines too. But I just don't also, in here somewhere is is throwing like a gas on a fire kind of thing. If you're having trouble, then why trouble with the concept of peace and relaxing, then why do we keep... Um, accelerating those areas of your life that are, are feeding that so we break down our actual life we have time studies that we can do so and we're all fully trained on um dissecting this whole matter but peace is something another birthright i call peace and all those core values as you were mentioning before a birthright and what is that like to go back to the peace before all the programming and stuff so i love what you said jeff um, and, and I also, we talked about this before, so bring it full circle, the, um, the neuroplasticity of the brain, we, we can actually choose, do we want to wire our brains for stress, fear, doubt, overwhelm, and worry, or would we want to wire them for peace, calm, clarity, and focus? Dr. Joe Dispenza has got some number one bestsellers. And the reason I mentioned that is because he's got the scientific evidence to show that because of the neuroplasticity of the brain, you can rewire it. Right. So I, I have I send out what I call the daily log with a good uh, maybe six, seven things they can pick from to start their day. Good. Right. On solid foundation, wiring the brain for peace, calm, clarity and focus and to end their day. Because you mentioned news, people who get up and turn on the TV and turn on the news, you are wiring your brain for stress, fear, doubt, overwhelm and worry. And there's another way. What would that do for them if they figured out how to feel peace throughout the day? Right? And before you go to bed, so the mind's not churning. Because yeah. whatever you watch, if you're watching the news before you go to bed, whatever you're watching, that last hour is going to marinate for eight hours. Pour good shit into the brain. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you get to choose. And it's awareness, right? right? You know, I think that I love, Jeff, that you brought up meditation um, as, as one of those pathways to get to this peace and balance. And I, 
I've resisted meditation for a long time, right? It was one of those things like, I've tried it. It didn't work for me. Tried it. I can't stop my thoughts. And I've been consistently meditating now for six months. And, and here's one of the takeaways that, that I feel like I've, I've come to is that it, it is like going to a gym. Right, you go to a gym, you 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 work out your muscles, you work them out harder than you would in in average um, activities, so that when you get to your daily activities, you already have the strength to do these things. And what I see in meditation is, well, let's let's contrast. So in our daily lives, again, going back to is life happening for me or is life happening to me? When we're in that space that life is happening to me, we overthink. We tend to be overthinkers because we're always trying to fi- figure out what is somebody else, what can they do to change so that I'm happy, right? What can I do to this situation to change the circumstance so that I can be happy? It's all, we're, we're thinking, we're problem solving. And, and I was the best at this. Like every, every challenge that I had, I was able to, you know, I just dove into this overthinking and none of that overthinking, none of the thoughts that I ever had in any of those. And I had brilliant solutions, right? But (laughs) somehow I was never able to sell those solutions to the other people. Um, so coming back to, to who I am then. So what I want to do is I want to stop that overthinking. It's unnecessary. It's not getting me the results that I want anyway. And all it's doing is keeping my body, my neurosystem in a state of chronic stress. And I have literally worn out my, my nervous system with chronic stress. And so I'm, I'm hyper aware of this now. And so what I see meditation as doing for me now is it, it gives me that practice session of watching my thoughts go by without getting caught up in the story. So I can watch a, a thought go by. I, and the metaphor that I, that's working for me right now is like I pretend like I'm sitting under a street lamp. And while under the light of the street lamp, I can see the thought and I can see it go by. And sometimes if it's a really compelling thought, I might watch it go down the street. (laughs) 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 But but under normal circumstances, my my intention is to watch that thought go by while it's under the light of of the lamp and then let it go as it's fading into the darkness. And what that does for me outside of the meditation space then is it's already trained my brain to pause. And so when, when a situation happens, let's say something out, somebody doesn't show up and, and um, follow through on a commitment, let's just say that, right? So if I'm not used to pausing, I'm just going to get caught up in that story. I'm going to get, uh, and without even aware of it, I'm going to get caught up in the story. Who is this person? Why would they do this to me? All of that story that makes no sense to anything is going to solve any problems for me. But if I'm meditating and I'm practicing and now I have that space, now I at least have an opportunity. Do I want to go down this rabbit hole? Because sometimes it just feels good to get angry, right? Just feels mm-hmm. good to have that. So do I want to indulge myself and just go down that road and, and be upset about it? Or do I want to use this space to say, whoa, let's, let's take a step back. What is really important about this situation? What am I making this situation even mean about me if I'm feeling triggered by it? Mm. And then I have an opportunity to decide who do I want to be in that moment? 
do I want to be compassionate and graceful and problem solving? Or do I want to be the person who says you're wrong and here's how I know you're wrong and here's how wrong you've been for so long, right? Do I just want to keep beating the wrong, uh, uh, the bat? Um, or do I want to be that graceful, compassionate person? So to me, that meditation space is practice so that when I'm showing up in the day, I have a space to make a choice. That's powerful, Brilliant. Mary. Really brilliant. This was miraculous. Thank you, ladies. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing the space and and for, you know, I I love being able to chew on these topics from different perspectives. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like we're we're more complete and whole when we're sharing with others. And I really think I've just spurred a ton of ideas for other questions that we can be addressing with our audience because it gives them food for thought. Right. Right. And things to be aware of. Do you want to choose peace? Who do you want to be? Do you want more balance in your life? What would that look like and what's possible? We've got a lot to talk about, friends. Gosh, I appreciate you guys. I'm sorry to talk over you, (laughs) but I also want to extend an invitation to the listeners to, in the comments, um, email us um, what your questions are. What, what's burning inside your heart that you know is holding you back, but you just don't know where to go with it? Yes. Um, give us a chance to um, noodle on that topic for you um, in this capacity, and uh, hopefully we'll, we can give you some insights to help you close that gap from where you are now to, to who you really want to be. That's what we do as coaches. We help you close that gap. Uh, So give us those topics, those questions that are burning in your heart so that we can give back to you in future conversations just like this. In closing, Jeff, can you um, tell us, tell the listeners where they can find you? Because I know some of them are resonating with you and are just eager to give you a call. Great. It would be my pleasure to have a complimentary uh, consultation with any of your beautiful listeners. Um, So my website is jeffadler.com and an email would be jeff at jeffadler.com. So thank you again, ladies. It was a pleasure. Excellent. And um, in closing, I uh, would also, you have our uh, contact for um, myself and for Monica. Uh, we are kicking off a mastermind group starting in May. And uh, there will be a link in this uh, description so that you can find more information about it. We, this whole consciouspreneur um project that started out as a project has really turned into community. And um, just like we're talking today, we know that you're more than just your business and yet you're your business. And so you, in order for your business to grow, you need to grow and you need a safe space as Monica so brilliantly pointed out earlier in this call, you need a safe space for that. And that's what we're connect, we're creating through our mastermind group. So details in the description. Thank you so much for listening today and share this with your colleagues. We would love it. If you, if you loved it, give us a rating, give us a comment. Um, the more that we hear from you, the more that we can make this something that you will get value from. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. 
We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.